Yeah, well, I mean, if, if Cain and Abel were alive today, you know, in, in our kind of postmodern, pluralistic kind of society, we'd have people saying to Cain, hey, you know, don't feel bad about it, you just do you. You, know, you, you just be you. And if that's the way you want to worship God, you know, then that's good for you. Welcome back to another episode of Impartial, the podcast where we talk all things church music. I'm Kyra Devereaux. And I'm Monet Funga, and today's episode is brought to you live from the annual Grace Baptist Partnership Conference here at the Hayes Center in Swanwick, England. We're really, really excited to start this episode. We've recorded um, our interview with our special guest, Ali McLachlan. We're going to talk about who's leading worship anyway. We had a great conversation, and we think you really will enjoy it. So without further ado, here's the interview. So, Ali McLaughlin has been church planter and pastor of Grace Baptist Church Edinburgh since 2013. Before that, he served as a pastor in Ayrshire and, I'm going to mess this up, Merseyside? Merseyside. Merseyside, goodness. Um, <laughs> this is like my thing. I'm always mispronouncing places in the UK. But he started his gospel ministry as a missionary in Yemen. He is married to Caroline and they have five children. He has also had the unfortunate privilege of being my pastor and is currently Cara's pastor, so I'm sure he'll keep us straight and make sure we don't say anything too wonky. Ali McLaughlin, welcome to the show. It's really nice to be here. <laughs> really nice, especially at the live at the GBP annual conference, which is better than live at Wembley. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say I know uh, about the other one. <laughs> So we brought you on today. We could have had you talk about a million different things because you have so much um, experience in pastoral ministry and in music. But we brought you on here to talk about leading worship because we think you have a lot to offer us and also our listeners. So we're just going to go ahead and dive on in. Yep. Um, I know there's a lot to say about this um, because you're my pastor. We've had this conversation before. Um, but what is the biblical perspective on leading worship? Um, like who should be doing it and what does it actually mean to lead worship? Yeah, that's a, that's a big question. In fact, all of these are big questions. And uh, it's such a terrible thing to talk about as a pastor. It's like what music, uh, you know. Anyhow, um, the Bible perspective on leading worship is, is, is big. Um, John Bunyan once said, uh, that which makes the worship of God so fearful a thing is that it is the worship of God. I think that's a simple statement, yeah. but it, it resonates throughout the whole of Scripture that, 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 that the leading of worship is to do with God, is to do with everything is to do with God. And so from the beginning, like Cain and Abel, see bringing an offering of worship to God, one is rejected, one is accepted. Mm -hmm. So that from the beginning, there's obviously ways to please God in the way we worship Him and uh, ways that don't please God. Mm -hmm. See in the first and second commandment, again in the in the Pentateuch. So we've got um, first is the object of our worship. Second is the manner of our worship. So again, God is the one who's regulating the the worship throughout the Levitical system. You can think of um, just like Reuben and Gad, half tribe of Manasseh. They want to worship where they are, and uh, and they're judged and say, no, there's a specific place for you to worship, that there was a, a, a tabernacle system there, and later Jerusalem. So there, there's a place, and we see a transition from just personal worship to now a corporate worship. Mm 
And uh, in the new covenant, uh, we see a development again from instead of a national worship to, to a global worship. So again, the, 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 the style, the performance, the arena, the scope of worship changes again. So, but all the way through, whether, it, whether, it's, um, whether it's Miriam or, or whether it's David or Solomon or whether it's Asaph or the singers, whether it's Ezra, the priests, it was always led, it was always concerted, it was always uh, brought that uh, the, the, the people uh, are being led toward God. Now, that's because I think it's, uh, I think it's vital that people are uh, brought together in their worship of God, and that requires a leader. Somebody, somebody somewhere has got to take the initiative. Somebody somewhere has got to plan this. But I think first and foremost in your question, is really saying someone who gets it that this is all about God, uh-huh. and that's right at the most basic. The first person got to get that because, as Bunyan said, he's got to get the fact that this is the worship of God. Uh-huh. So he's the he or she is the prime motive to get onto the he she and she is here. I died already, uh, but but there you go. We we have the um, great onus on a worship leader to directs the people of God in the right way uh-huh. uh, in order to in order to worship God. So that, that's it, really. Yeah. yeah, I think that's an important point that you brought up about like Cain and Abel, that there is a right way and there is mm. a not right way mm. to do this. Yeah. Um, and so I think when we think about modern day worship, how, how does that kind of feed into some of the common pitfalls that you see mm. when you see someone leading a worship service. Yeah, well, I mean, if, if Cain and Abel were alive today, you know, in, in our kind of postmodern, pluralistic kind of society, we'd have people saying to Cain, hey, you know, don't feel bad about it, you just do you. You know, you, you just be you. If that's the way you want to worship God, you know, then that's good for you. And uh, no, God says repeatedly, through scripture, it dictates worship must be this way. Worship must be in this place. Worship cannot be according to the way of the Gentiles, cannot be according to the, this, that, the other. So it is God who specifies, who limits, who um, narrows the confines of, of, of worship. So I guess it's just, yeah, a, a common pitfall is just to, is the free for all. Uh, just worship God in a way that feels good to you. Um, well, how, how did that work out for Aaron's sons? Who just, you know, they, they, they decided they'd just worship God. They had free will. This is jazz worship. Well, let's just uh, improvise. And they were toast. Because God won't be worshipped any old way. He has a specific way because he's holy. And because he's to be revered in our worship. So, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a core basic fundamental that I guess just... But heads with our contemporary culture, just the way I want to do it. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, you, you need somebody who's going to draw people to think: how, how should we biblically worship God? Mm-hmm. How should we worship in the way that He has revealed He wants to be worshipped? So it's somebody who's God fearing in a very right sense that the, the, they want to please God in what they're doing. So I guess that's the yeah. Um, the contemporary pitfall number one is yeah that yeah people just want to 
I guess it's okay. It's like we're doing God a favor. If I just yeah. say some stuff and I feel good about it, yeah. well, then God will feel good about yeah. it. And that, that never really worked out in the Old or New Testament. So. It's interesting that you're using feeling language there as well because it's not about Sorry. what you feel. No, it's fine. <laughs> no, you're saying about, like, we're talking yeah. about uh, worship's about how I feel, how it makes me feel, but actually you're right. It's about what God tells us to do, sure. not what we feel like. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Related to that, sometimes, even as members of a congregation, we can come to uh, worship and be like, I'm not feeling it. You know, it's like, sure. ah, you know, oh, I'm not feeling it today. Like, I'm not feeling this song mm. or mm. I don't like the lights. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and we're still, even as the people not leading the worship, bringing the wrong attitude to our worship of God. Sure. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I do. Uh, that we can, no, no matter how good the worship leader is, no matter how on the ball he is and how, how he's trying to please God and trying to or, or orchestrate or concert the worship um, to, to be pleasing to God. Yeah, if you've got a bunch of people there who just want to do what they want, yeah. and get, can't we sing this one? Because I really like that one. Yeah. Uh, if you've got people that come with that kind of a spirit, then yeah, you're, you're not getting it. But, like people, like leaders, sadly, so often is that when you've got people who are very fussy and pouty and whingy and whiny about what they like or what they don't like in worship and where you've got insecure leaders who are not solid on scripture, not just going to say, well, if it's popular, if it's cool uh, or not, then I just want to please the Lord. I think that's where we need to go. If you've got somebody who's insecure about that and just wants to please the people, then uh, you you have an orchestration of worship that's designed then to get people to feel it. So mm -hmm. I give you an example where um, somebody I know who was in a singing group. Okay, so it'd be like the three of us. You know, they would be <laughs> behind the microphones there, and we're singing in the worship, and they had earpieces. Mm -hmm. And yeah, one of the ladies who was in that singing group just resigned because the guy on the sound desk is saying. You're just saying louder that people aren't feeling it. Oh. They're not feeling it. In other words, we're not getting enough emotional yeah. oomph. Right. So you need to raise your hands and do some yeah. stuff, you know. And that, yeah, it, it, it's, it's trying to appeal to a consumer culture. Mm -hmm. And I think once you're there, you, I, I think God left the building long ago mm -hmm. uh, where, you know, it's not about God anymore. Mm -hmm. It's just about our own personal preferences. Uh -huh. We've got to avoid that. Yeah. Yeah. So with that in mind, do you have any practical tips for leading worship? Goodness. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I do. Um, but I th before I get onto that, yeah, I do. I do. But um, I think it's very much an attitude, as you said. I think that's the, that, that is a key. It's what attitude you bring. And if we forget that it's for God's pleasure, for God's glory, then we'll, we'll, we'll merchandise, we'll kind of showcase. Mm -hmm. And so you hear people say, oh, you should come to our church because we have awesome worship. Mm -hmm. You know, what does that mean? Does God think your worship's awesome? Mm -hmm. well, let's hope so, but maybe not. Or forgetting, that, uh, forgetting on one hand that it's entertainment. Because I love, I love this tune. Love this tune. Oh, mm -hmm. I just... I can't stay still. I just got to get moving when they just sing it. Or 
Also, do you know, overreacting against that kind of mentality by having a joyless, I can't feel anything kind of word. It's wrong yeah. to get excited about it. If these truths are glorious and true, life-changing and glorious, then how can you, how can you stay still? So it's a balance, uh, but, but we need to keep God at the center of it. I think also, I know that this is about church music, but reducing worship to just singing. So we're going to have a time of worship now. What have we been doing? You know? Yeah. Um, uh, so you know, you've been in a prayer meeting or something, and then they say we're going to have a time of worship now. Okay, we know what you mean, but it would be probably clearer if you just said singing, sung worship, because worship involves uh, many things. Like I think remembering uh, some of these things. Um, one of the things that we try to strike a balance is between between casualness and reverence mm -hmm. that we are people mm -hmm. we're not we're not robots we're not angels Jesus, mm -hmm. god did choose people to worship him mm -hmm. there is also an element of worship which is fellowship fellowship is part of worship so to pretend like no one is around me it's just me and the lord and here i am in my, my quiet space and in my, my quiet bubble mm -hmm. and when the service begins then we can begin so yeah, on one hand, you can argue I'm solemnizing my heart. Mm. You know, there's a place for that, yeah. but there's also a place for fellowship and yeah. reality and yeah. truth and avoiding the holy tread. You know, where we we it's sanctimonious, yeah. and so I think we, there's there's dangers to avoid on, on kind of both things. Trying to strike a balance mm -hmm. there, and remembering that there there are people involved in worship, mm -hmm. um, not angels. Yeah, and I guess I've never really thought about that until you just said it, but it's obvious that we're not um, coming to worship corporately by ourselves, if that's a weird way of saying it. We're not just like, like you said, in a bubble yeah. somewhere in the congregation, and yeah. it's just like a, yeah. you know, we're corporately worshiping yeah. the yeah. Lord. So that is part of it, that we're doing this uh, together. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We're, we're not, I've used the illustration of a cardboard you know, a toilet roll tube, yeah. you know, uh, that, I think some people go they kind of shuffle in, in there and it's just me yeah. and Jesus, it's yeah. just me and Jesus and they can't see anybody around them, you know, yeah. they just shuffle in and shuffle out and yeah. it's almost as if nobody else was there. Mm. But in scripture we see in biblical worship there's, there's blessing one another, mm -hmm. in many of our hymns we're directing one another mm -hmm. to praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's the admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So there's an interplay between the people. It's not it's not just me and God, mm -hmm. because if it was just you and God, then you could be uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and set up your own altar and go do your own thing. Yeah. Yeah. But no, God's called us together for a very deliberate purpose, mm -hmm. uh, um, corporate. Yeah. 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 That's why church matters. Because if it was just me and Jesus, then what do I need everybody else? Just one of, many, yeah. many, many <laughs> one of the many, many ways in which church matters. <laughs> There's books on that. Yeah. Yeah. We, we yeah. touch on that quite often. That's good. That's good. But I, yeah, I think um, I think in regards to um, tips, mm -hmm. I think uh, I, I think there's something. One of the contentious things that people will argue about is atmosphere. It is. It is creating an atmosphere, is deciding what it's going to be like. Is it going to be a place where it's hushed silence? Mm -hmm. Or is it going to be a place where the kids are running around, you know, um, chasing one another? Mm -hmm. 
and the people are talking, which what's it going to be? And you need to, as a worship leader, you need to make a decision about, well, what do we think is biblically appropriate mm -hmm. for that? Um, some churches are going to tend more to the absolute silence and can feel very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But then, then humans tend to feel uncomfortable in the presence of Almighty and mm -hmm. Holy God, mm -hmm. don't they? Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that on occasion. Mm -hmm. But to always go for that can be artificial mm -hmm. because there's times when we, like children, run into the presence of our Father. And, and, but if it's all, my dad always used to say, it's the Almighty, not the Almighty. Uh, he's trying to get the balance that, um, that, that we remember that He is our Father. Yeah but we remember that he's our heavenly father yeah. and that is getting that balance. Yeah. Uh, and, and a worship leader is somebody who needs to, who needs to orchestrate that atmosphere yeah. because there will be things going on that are gonna dictate um, the, the way people are thinking, the way people are feeling mm -hmm. as they come into uh, corporate worship time. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's one thing. Practical tips like arrive early, you know, hello, yes. you know, uh, you know, don't be up till two in the morning watching TV or, you know, there's some very basics, but you'd be amazed how many, you know, there are many people who will arrive late to a service and I'm at the front of very often and I'm looking at them and they'll, they'll, they'll come in, they arrive five minutes late, it takes their family about five minutes to process, where's my, where's my hymn book, oh, little Jimmy needs the toilet and then we go, you know, it takes another five minutes for them to get down. But which time they've missed the first hand, they've missed the notices, they have no clue what's going on in the church, they're just looking around saying, is, is Bob here? Oh, hey, hey Bob. You know, they're, they're out of it. And so I think, you know, creating a culture where there, there is a reverence, where we start on time, we expect one another to be there, be ready, prepare your hearts. It's instrument yeah. in tune before you begin as well. Just don't be tuning up at five past eleven. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, rehearsal on that is, is important. In my brother's church, which is very, very different from mine, they had a session musician, session guitarist. I mean, this is a professional musician. And he would never come to the music practice. They had a, they had a group of musicians. Never come, because I'm a session musician. I get paid for this. This is what I do. I know how to do this. So, you know, he arrived late, arrived late. He would never be there for the practice. And one day he arrived with about 60 seconds to go before that. And he's literally just down, 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 And said, good enough for jazz. Yeah, just good enough for jazz. Because he could play lead guitar. Good enough for jazz. The, the worship leader said, not good enough for Jesus. Go sit in the congregation. I think there's a place for that. I think there's a place yeah. for that. We, we remind them, no matter how skilled you are, what's no. your attitude? What yeah. attitude are you bringing to the, the worship? So be prepared. Yeah, you said something there, and I, I just want to pick up on it, about creating a culture. And I think that that is maybe, I don't know how to say this, the place that is open to interpretation, but narrowly, because you might have a church where the culture is, we must sit in silence and, you know, there's no joy in this house kind of thing. And it might be the worship leader's job to create a culture that says, yes, there is, you know, like it, and maybe vice versa. If there's a church that's, you know, all about how I feel, but to kind of simplify it and draw it back and, and 
is responding to the congregation that worship leader instead of just saying this is what this is the culture I want to create I guess similarly to you know it's part of the worship service so you're thinking about it in advance but you're saying I know the church that I'm a part of I know um, what our pitfalls are let's create a culture that tries to make it all about God and not about us because yeah. even the things that seem really holy in practice might still just be about us at the end of the day the mm -hmm. culture we're trying to have for the church is mm -hmm. that too much of a stretch you correct me <laughs> no I think I, I think it's good yeah. uh, was there a question there I don't I'm know I'm just picking up on the culture uh, aspect yeah, yeah. No, not really a question more yeah. of a comment that uh, you could lovingly correct. I will. If I was wrong. I no, um, I, I, I don't think you're wrong. I, I think, you know, again, we can aim too much at creating a culture. Mm. We're going to manipulate people's emotions. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, um, yeah, that, that there's an element that work to worship and the way in which we feel. And I come back to the word feeling because I think emotions are part of worship. Mm. But it's emotions informed by the truth yeah. that, that are to so if we're excited, we're to be excited by the truth. If we're joyful, we're to be joyful in the truth. If we are solemn and sober, it's because of an apprehension of the truth in our worship. So there's that. And I think the worship leader can sometimes try and artificially make that happen. Mm, yeah. And uh, we can do that very easy with, I mean, there's just major or minor chords. It's very easy. You know, major chords. Oh, joy. Minor chords, you know, uh, we're, we're down, yeah. we're feeling low. So there's just very simple ways in which you can manipulate that yeah. pace and tempo and beat and rhythm and all, all these kind of things. And I think what we need to be careful is that both, as somebody once said, you know, both, both the Holy Spirit and Beethoven give me goosebumps. Mm. And the, you know, the, the hair can stand up on the back of your neck when you're singing Charles Wesley or when you're singing Aerosmith. You know, it, 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 so you, you need to think, what is it that is, yeah. that is making me emotional? Yeah. What is it that's making me emotional? It's got to be rooted in truth yeah. Yeah. and should never artificially just shortcut to the emotion. Yes. Uh, happy people, happy people. And never, you know, never scold your congregation because you're feeling it and they're not. Uh, that, that again is just, I mean, I teach, teach men how to lead worship, encourage men in leading worship. And um, yeah, I, those are pitfalls. You don't just say, well, that was one of you, you know, so all God's people said amen. Well, that was one of you, you know, there's power in the amen, you know, and you don't okay. scold people about that. Yeah. It just, I think it cheapens what we're doing. Mm -hmm. They need to be, yeah. they need to have the truth. and. You need to leave room for the Holy Spirit to uh, to impact people with yeah. the truth, yeah. and not just try and expect that, that somehow. Okay, I, I hope that this is going to make people happy. So let's just do things to make people happy yeah. instead of saying, "I want people to get the truth," yeah. and then let the Holy Spirit make them feel happy. Yeah. There's a really good book. It's a little book, but it's by Stuart Elliot. It's called uh, "Known and Felt." It's a really good read about getting that balance between having the truth and having a place for emotions. Yeah, like yeah. But in in the same way, it's like uh, it's like the invitation system. It's like the altar call. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing. Mm -hmm. so you you, you want a shortcut to the end result, mm -hmm. yeah. but you're not allowing it. 
if I can use that, you, know, you can't <coughs> talk about, I'm not allowing the triune God to do this work with, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, in, a, in a space you're not leaving no room for the Holy Spirit to convert, mm -hmm. because only he can. Mm -hmm. So again, in the same way, I think we can try and shortcut the, yeah. the, what the Holy Spirit is doing. So again, I, I think these are pitfalls to avoid. Yeah. We need to clearly think through, is the truth going across? And recognize it, just like every preacher, when he preaches, I get it. I, I, well, I, I like to think most of the time I get it. I'm in the pulpit, I'm preaching it, so let's hope I get it. But I've been at it all week. Yeah. You guys have just come in and you, you just got off the bus or you're just late for an assignment. You're just struggling up against it in this way and that. Your kid's been sick this morning, whatever. And I'm expecting, come on, people. Where are you? And, you know, we'll allow people time to process the truth that we're seeing. I think sometimes we just go into, okay, hymn number 347, hymn number 123, hymn number 1565. That there's no thought, there's no, we just, we just go through the hymn, finish the hymn. It's never, it's, it's in one ear out the other ear. Nobody's thought about this. And so without that thinking, there's going to be no, there's going to be a no appropriate Godward response right. to that. Yeah. So, yeah. What did that bring us up? To? <laughs> yeah. At least 12 steps to leading worship. <laughs> well, I, I guess I would transition a little bit to say how do you choose songs that will help your congregation engage in worship? Because, like you said, just got off the bus, yeah. working on my dissertation or whatever yeah. it is. Um, but this is. This is part of the full worship service that we're yeah. that we're doing together as a congregation. How do you help kind of bring people into that as much as humanly possible? Obviously, like you said, God, God's going to do what He's going to do in His time. But sure. how can you help? Sure. Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's recognizing that uh, uh, that a worship service involves much more than just singing. Mm -hmm. In fact, one of the things that strikes people at Grace Edinburgh. Uh, is that they, they come in and we sing two songs. Mm. And they're like, dude, where did half the service go? What, what happened there? I think the record in Edinburgh was 13 songs in one service that I was in. You know, they, they were, that's a lot, that's a lot of songs in a service. Yeah, but, but, well, there you go. You know, there you go. But that's the whole thing is that, you know, in the New Testament, We've got to be honest and say, if we're scanning the New Testament, we do not get a massive emphasis on sung worship. We don't. They sang a hymn and they went out. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it. So the rest is prayer. The rest yeah. is preaching. The rest is eating together. The rest is breaking bread together. Yeah. Uh, and so there's a much greater emphasis. We've tried to reflect that in our worship. And if you came for the gig, at our church, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to walk elsewhere, you know, because we sing maybe two hymns. Because I think the emphasis on music is too much. I think the emphasis on song worship, again, is, is, is perhaps too much. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, uh, there, there's not a hard and fast rule there. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's not bingo numbers out of the hymn book. You know, just try this, try that, try this, you know. We haven't sung that in a while. Okay, again, one of the worst things is, you know, is, does anybody have a favorite? You know, does anybody, go, oh, I do, I do. You know, and you know it's going to be the very thing that's, that, yeah, that's the worst hymn in the hymn book. You know? um, 
I wish we weren't singing that. And that's got nothing to do with the prayer that was just prayed or with the sermon that's just about to happen. It's got nothing connected with the reading. And so I think trying to pull, pull these things together um, it, it is where a worship leader really comes into their own, where they're trying to pull these things together so that there's a logical progression. If I just preach a sermon, which is, I had this thought, Oh no, wait, hang on. And then, I, and then I have another thought and then people can't follow me. There needs to be an ABC logical progression so that people can follow the argument. Yeah. And in the same way, I think there should be a logical progression in the worship, that, but maybe with the different elements of worship that are tied together. And so a, a hymn that's related to that subject is obviously, it, it makes sense. Not just my favorite, not just the trendy one. Because, you know, there's the... You know the top ten, and there's the yeah. charts. Yeah. You know the worship charts. Yeah. yeah. This is popular. Everybody's into this. Like that, we need to sing, sing that. Sing it for six weeks and then never sing it again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And some of those, there's probably good reason to never <laughs> sing it again. That's possible. You know, but uh, but you know, in terms of prayer, the public reading of scripture, expository preaching, the ordinances of baptism and communion, singing praises, tithes and offerings. Uh, occasional <laughs> worship that we pick up from the New Testament of fellowship and, and meals, mm -hmm. some affirmations, some vows, some confessing our faith, mm -hmm. sometimes meeting for church discipline, sometimes uh, meeting, um, yeah, for um, for for uh, administrative meetings or missionary reports or Thanksgiving times. These are more ad hoc. Mm -hmm. uh, Meetings. All of these are elements and singing worship is just a small part of that. Yep. Mm -hmm. So your worship leader, if you've appointed somebody as a church to be responsible for that duty, then should, should be pulling all of these element threads together to, to communicate something co coherent. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate that about this conference actually. I don't know who chose the music, but um, it's gone, all the songs have gone really well with the messages that yeah. they've been carried out. It's been yeah. really good. Yeah. I like what you said earlier. You said um, somebody will invite you to their church and say, oh, our worship is awesome. Well, imagine you walk in the door and they're doing all those things. Someone's yeah. in the corner doing the budget and then someone's like closing down the windows and you got like a fellowship lunch over here. And you're like, well, where's the worship? And you're like, yeah, we're doing it <laughs> right now. <laughs> Someone should do a comic about that. I, <laughs> I think it'd be... I actually know of a church that does really? just that. It's yeah. just a free-for-all. You can go and do what you want. There's a people doing that over there. Maybe not that. Maybe not that. Maybe not that. No? Just, just thinking about how bigger worship is than just, like Much you bigger. said, the yeah. singing worship. But one sing. thing at a time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. It's right, right place at its right time. Yeah, yeah. 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 We'll, we'll work with that. But I think tying those things together is, yeah, that, that's helpful. Mm -hmm. Developing a theme, sticking to the theme or expanding on the theme. Yeah. So that obviously it's, I mean, just, just in terms of, you know, somebody's preaching on, like we've had one of the talks has been thinking clearly about death. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, obviously singing a joy, 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 yeah. with joy, my heart is ringing. Right before you do a serious talk on, on but that's not going to really... You're going to seem there's a discord yeah. there. Yeah. And it, so harmony mm -hmm. is important, not just in the music, but harmony in terms of the doctrine is, is important as well. Mm. So, um, yeah, getting people to, to think that. I think also one of the, 
missing element. Don't know if you've done an episode on this, you should do. <laughs> is on family worship. Yeah. Is on yes. family worship and yeah. encouraging family worship. Yeah. Okay. So if you bring, you, I can tell, I can, I can tell the children who walk into our service whether they have engaged regularly in family worship or whether they haven't. Yeah. Child can't sit still, can't pay any attention, uh, you know, doesn't know to stand up, sit down, sing, read, okay, we're praying now. They're clearly not seeing this at home. They, they're not having this model. And it's obvious, it's, it's bog obvious so when a kid walks in and they've got no, they, they've obviously had no instruction in family worship. Therefore, you know, they need to be instructed then, okay, well, here's how it works in, in the church. <coughs> So again, there's a there's another thing, you know. and you know it's interesting. Again, another thing people remark about in our church in Edinburgh is that your children sit in. Mm -hmm. They sit still as well. That's the key. Yeah. How do you do that? So people have thought uh, until they get to know us that, that my kids fell out of heaven. You know, <laughs> they, they just they just were born to worship, and uh, they they never played. They never messed about. They never were running around like a mad thing. They just fell out of heaven. And no, uh, yeah, they, they, there was quite a lot of discipline and stern words. And, uh, you know, quite, you need to sit down at this point type thing. And constructive, constructively helping children to engage in the worship. We stand up. We sing. You know the words to this. Let's sing. Or let's focus on the chorus. Okay, these are repeated words and you know how to sing those. Encourage your children. Don't let your kids bring an Xbox to church. You know, bring them a notebook and write down sermon headings or say, copy out the verse that the preacher's preaching from. And so to engage your children constructively in worship from an early age, getting worship leaders to encourage that is, yeah. is really good. Mm -hmm. It's really good. And um, yeah, here's my, here's my resource tip. My resource tip, yeah. Here, here's one I prepared earlier. Uh, we use the catechism for boys and girls as part of our worship. Um, and we, we want our children to know that they're, they're a part of this. They're not just extra to appendage to, shh, be quiet. Because we don't want people to shh and be quiet. We want them to sing praise to God. We want them to say amen when the, a prayer is finished. We want them to listen. We want them sometimes to respond to preaching and teaching yeah. uh, audibly. So I've heard someone say, said to me before, it's so cute how all your children know the answer to the catechism. And I'm like, that's because their parents teach them at home. It's true. Yeah, it is true. And, and there's got to be a sensitivity yeah. from a worship leader, if he's leading that, to recognize that there are some homes that will do that and some homes that will not do that. Yeah. Some homes where it's like a single parent, some, you know, and, and not in our church really, but there are some churches where only children will come from a family. Mm. You know, they're part of a Sunday school and part orchestrated. And that is a much more complicated situation yeah. with child protection and so on. <laughs> You're in loco parentis of that child. So, yeah, there's a lot of complication. There's a lot of sensitivity needed for our children to involve them. Mm -hmm. But where you have in the epistles, children obey your parents in the Lord. So, what's the implication is that the children were present in the worship services of God's people to hear their name being called. Mm. So I believe that's that's a good thing. Yeah. And I'm in trouble again because everybody's, yeah. you know, they, a lot of people don't like that. I didn't grow up in a Reformed church for 
some of my childhood and one of the things was they would punt us to Sunday school until we were 18. Yeah. And really, you can't yeah. just raise a child in Sunday school till they're 18 and then expect them to know how to worship God in corporate worship. Yeah. So yeah. it is something you have to yeah. you have to do, you have to teach them how to yeah. do it and not just expect them to be able to do it the minute they're an adult. My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing that he cannot do. <laughs> Suddenly transition. You're 18 now. Our mighty fortress is our God. <laughs> it's, a bit of a, yeah. it's a bit of a leap, Go isn't it? So how do, we, how, do, how do we bring people yeah. to, uh, to, to transition? On, uh, our transition, we would say early. Mm -hmm. Early. The mm -hmm. earlier, the better. That, that people realize as, as, as young children our worship services are for them, mm -hmm. they're not excluded. But of course there are issues, yeah, that, mm -hmm. you know, okay, you got a screaming kid. Mm -hmm. All right. Some kids have bad days, sometimes it's in some church. Par <laughs> some parents have bad days, I can yeah. tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but the thing is, I mean, some people say, well, my kids don't get it. Mm -hmm. They don't get it. They get more than you know. Oh, yeah. They get more than you know. Definitely. And so if you're telling me that the, the little old lady with uh, dementia gets it, you know, that she get how much percentage does she get out of what's being taught? And would any of us dream saying, Now, Rosie, there's a room down the corridor yeah. where we can do some gluing and some sticking yeah. for you, some age appropriate activities yeah. for you before you nap? You know, every, everybody would rightfully yeah. be up in arms about that attitude, yeah. but we do it with our kids, yeah. as you say. How did you say? Punting them into Sunday school? <laughs> okay, well, you know, just, yeah. again. It was very bizarre that anyone, why would you keep your child yeah. in the service? Sure. Yeah. Now, churches have different policies. And, yeah. and we're, if you're visiting a church and they have a strict policy, well, okay, roll with it. Yeah. But also realize that some parents, you know, they're, 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 they could have their kid with them. Mm -hmm. You say, you know, your child is going to make a noise. Well, watch them. I don't think they will. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they will. But... So yeah. we, we sometimes play sex, but Winston Churchill once said, a boy is as old as he is treated. Mm. I think there's a lot of truth with that in worship, that we, if we expect our children to rise to the occasion of worship and to mm. sit and listen like a grown-up, mm. they will. Yeah. They will. So I think we can encourage that yeah. uh, very much. And I think that, that our sensitive worship leading is, is really good in that respect. Yeah, I think... I think you've given me a lot to think about. There's obviously a lot of advice here for those leading the church service, uh, but it's also a lot of responsibility for those of us who are involved in the church service. It's not just, okay, you better go ahead and lead us right, and if, if we don't you know, do this properly, it's your fault or whatever. You know, it's... I have an additional question though, Yes. which is not on your sheet, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. oh, I was dear. just wondering, how can we as congregations help our worship leaders? Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, again, all, all of the above turn up on time. Yeah. Turn up with a heart that's there to worship God, thinking of God, mm -hmm. thinking not of myself, thinking, trying to uh, avoid the, um, the, just the very concrete things of, um, you know, like if it's stuffy out in the window, if it, I can't see anything, you know, pull a curtain. Mm. If you're creating a, if you're creating a culture that would, I, I need to suffer in silence, you know. Mm -hmm. I've seen people pass out in meetings because mm. it's too hot. Oh, no. um, and, you know, there's got to be a place where we just take some sensible mm. ways in which to make uh, it easier to engage in and, uh, and uh, 
be involved in. So again, become like like parents. You know, I see parents who have made nil preparation for their children for worship. Therefore, children are playing up. They're bored. They're, you know, they're, they're you know they're bored and they're restless because they're kids and they got nothing to do. But parents who don't say, "I brought a book," or "Here's a notebook," or "Here's some, here's some coloring in that you could do whatever is age appropriate." Um, and so, therefore, the parents are distracted all the way through the service as well. And so, just some simple preparation like that would make all the world a difference because mums and dads, especially young mums and dads with young kids, you know, this is the Sunday morning service is the only worship time this person's going to get and they're out of it because they're fiddling about with their kid and I need a biscuit and oh, let's get a wet wipe and you know, and you, you want to come prepared so that you're ready to listen and you're gearing your family up to listen as well, very important. Uh, recognizing that worship is for other people and to encourage them uh, to participate also. Um, to, to make other people feel at their ease in a good way. Mm -hmm. um, to make them feel... So you uh, know if someone starts yeah. clapping, you shouldn't shoot them a dirty look. <laughs> oh, but it's so much fun to look at them in a scowly As way, isn't it? Yeah, it's so, much, <laughs> yeah, so much fun, isn't it? You know, so like you're, you're clapping, oh... oh. You know, um, there, there are people, you know, there are ways to do things. This is an interesting thing about worshiping leaders as well. Decorum is an interesting thing, mm -hmm. is uh, in the transitions of, of leading worship as well. It's good to maintain a dignity and a decorum, not to just, oh, I feel embarrassed, I messed that up, and make fun, make, you know, self deprecating mm -hmm. humor that just ruins it. It's not about you, stupid. Get out of the way. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you want to just focus, keep the focus on God. Mm -hmm. um, and, in, and in the same way, you know, not to do something that's going to make people feel awkward. Mm -hmm. And if, Okay, if somebody's worshipping God, and they're, hey, man, hallelujah, you can't even see the words, you know, but, you know, then, yeah, okay, you don't need to, you know, arm wrestle them right then and there. You don't need the stewards to heavy them out the door, you know, you know out. You now, uh, you know, have a word with them afterwards and say, you know, just, just have you ever thought that yeah. like, it's good that you want to express yourself, yeah. but, uh, and I'm, I'm glad you're feeling it, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I can't see it, yeah. you know. So, just simple things yeah. that just are speaking the truth in yeah. love and helping one another, but a sense of decorum afterwards. And again, I, one of the most deft things I ever saw was a kid face planted on a concrete floor. Uh, and screaming the house down, and the pastor was, you know, in the middle of leading the worship, and he, he just said, "Let's just," let's, he said, "Let Jamie's gone out. He's obviously had a nasty knock. Let's just stop everything and pray for him." Mm -hmm. And just, just having the wherewithal to say, "Look, there is no worship. That, you know, the worst thing in the world is to let us carry on singing. Let's pretend nothing's <laughs> happening." And that, you know, it's so fake and it's yeah. so unfair and it's yeah. so unkind and it. It d denies humanity in this environment. Mm -hmm. Best to say, okay, that stopped that. Mm -hmm. Let's just stop. Let's pray for that kid to mm -hmm. feel better soon and that mum will cope and everything will be okay. And then now let's regroup and let's keep it together. Learning those kind of skills in, in, um, in leading worship, again, is very helpful. Yeah. Very helpful. Well, it's quite a lot to think about, I think. Um, I, I love kind of the advice that you've given here. There's as a bit of personal testimony, testimony. Testimony. I know. Yeah. It's a new word. Make a new word. Um, yes. <laughs> I know that I've had um, worship leaders or 
men who have led the service in a way that has actually changed how I thought about worship, you know, and I think that's a that's a great testimony to those leaders, but also to God in helping refocus me mm. to him and not to myself. Mm. And I think that's why we wanted to talk to you about this today. We think it's obviously a very important thing, um, one of the most important things that you could consider uh, being part of a church is how you can lead worship and how those coming to the church service can be led in a way that honors the Lord and isn't about you and about what you think is best and total disregard for who you're coming to worship. So lots and lots to chew on there. I hope you guys have enjoyed this conversation. We're going to end after I ask Ali the hardest question of all. Yeah. What is your favorite hymn? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, here's where I uh, use another prop, okay? <laughs> One of the things is is um, stepping out of our contemporary culture. It's great to get a breadth of all the hymnody, all the songs, all the worship, all the cultural praise to God mm -hmm. over the centuries. And so therefore investing in a, in a good hymnal is a good idea. These are out of print. This is my personal favorite. Is the old Christian hymns. Sorry if you're an NCH fan. That's also good. We use that. You can get that one in an app as well. That, that one's actually in print. but. Yeah, old Christian hymns for my money was, was just one of the finest compilations of worship. But just to be able to go through that, maybe as a family, or go through reading it. And so when you're familiar with the breadth of hymnody uh, and think through uh, on a regular basis, you know, there's so many hymns. Mm -hmm. There's a huge hymn, so that, it is a hard question. Yes. <laughs> it, it, it really is a hard one. Yeah. But I thought about it. Yes. And probably up there in the top five, let's say, um, is written by Nicholas Ludwig von Zinzendorf before 1760 and it's Jesus thy blood and righteousness my beauty are my glorious dress midst flaming worlds in these arrayed with joy shall I lift up my head that is the the sole ground of all my hope right there just in one verse and it's so beautifully put and uh, yeah uh, translated by John Wesley, it's the best version, and it's 544, 545 in the in the old Christian hymns. But uh, but yeah, I, I can't sing that without without the truth really just causing me to uh, just have a full heart of worship mm -hmm. towards God. Mm. Yeah. You sang that the other day. I really enjoyed it. Beautiful. Great words. Yes, beautiful. Oh, yeah, anything by Horatius Boner as well. Oh. There's always that. There's he's, always he's that. He's a local lad. He yes. literally wrote down the road from where we <laughs> worship. But uh, again, his 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 conception of the, the substitutionary atonement of what Christ has done in our place mm -hmm. comes out in many of his songs. Yeah. And it's very precious. So he's up there as well. Yes. And I'll stop now. Well, we'll give you permission. <laughs> you could put a hymn writer as your favorite hymn, I guess. Okay. It's, <laughs> yeah. Well. Zinzendorf Boner. Yeah. I like it. You know it's a horrible question. We know that nobody, nobody, almost nobody has a single favorite. It's very difficult. Yeah. Well, can you just pray for us in the session? Thank you so much for being on our show, by the way. And Nightmare to our lovely murder. audience yeah, for uh, appearing. This is our first live audience, so we're pretty, we're pretty jazzed about that. But why don't you just pray for us? Yeah, yeah. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, as we talk in yeah, what is a light today, 
uh, about a serious subject. We pray, dear Lord, that you would help us to be mindful always of your person, your glory, your majesty as we worship you. That when we come to gather for worship, that, that it would be like a father saying to his children, now remember, remember who it is we're worshiping. And uh, that, that our churches would, would be a place, our, um, our families, our homes, our households, even in our, our personal devotions, we, we would remember you and fear you and honor you and seek your glory above all things. We talk very often about our own preferences or what we like, or, and we, we may never stop to ask the question, was Jesus pleased with our worship? Were we, were, we, uh, were we doing what the Holy Spirit wants to do, magnifying the Lord Jesus? Were we bringing glory to God the Father as Christ wants us to do? Or were we just having a good time all by ourselves uh, because we like this or we don't like that or whatever? Lord, I pray that we would be better worshippers because you seek worshippers who worship you in spirit and in truth. And we pray that we would be, we would be the kind of worshippers that the Father seeks, that you seek, Lord. And I, I do pray that uh, you would, even through him partial, the, the ministry online, um, Lord, that you would encourage us to think more deeply about these things and be better worshippers as a result. I right, hear our prayer. Amen. Amen. Amen.